Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Off-world is the musical moniker for collaborative instrumental sessions that span many years and are at least somewhat centered around a fellow named Sandro Perry, an incredible Toronto-based multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, singer, and producer. Perry has been sorting through his hard drives for recordings involving exploratory, often synthesized jam sessions with a collective of colleagues and musicians. In 2016, Constellation Records released the first Offworld collection, and they've just released Volume 2, which features contributions from Perry, Drew Brown, Eric Cheneau, Matthew Cooper, Craig Dunsmere, Brandon Hukura, Susuma Mukai, and Lorenz Peter. The other day, Offworld representatives Sandra Perry and Craig Dunsmere met up with me at the Antica Podcast Network Studios in Toronto, and we discussed every song from Offworld 2 in great detail. Sponsored by Fresh Books, Hello Fresh Canada, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts, this is Sandro Perry and Craig Dunsmere of Offworld on the 355th episode of Creative Control with your host, me, Vishkana. Greg, thank you so much for being on my show. Thanks for having us, Vish. It's, it's, it's lovely to have you here. Are you okay? You doing all right? I'm doing okay. Good, good. And Sandro, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Vish, for asking <laughs> us to come and do this. And, and yeah, 
it's a it's always a pleasure yes yeah, so, so, so you and i have spoken numerous times now yes over in the front years. of microphones i think just once but uh, in person without microphones many many times oh yes but yeah. i are you suggesting that formally we've not spoke i feel like we've done numerous interviews haven't no, we just no. the one I no think i just think the one. i wouldn't i would talk to you on the phone sometimes oh was that an interview oh that's true yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sometimes the yeah, line between yeah, a formal yeah, interview yeah. and a conversation yeah. blurs that was definitely blurry because <laughs> we laughed a lot every <laughs> time and there was no microphone it's the microphone i think that's what determines yeah. we went to a so. restaurant to do an interview once we did breakfast yeah yeah I don't think I answered the questions very well. Because you were one. too hungry? No, I don't know. What it, I think I just, it was a thing. I didn't know how to answer the questions. Were they hard so, questions? No, no. I think it's just the, these situations, probably a little bit too early to get into this now, but oh. these situations, I think I often don't know how to answer the questions oh, about okay. music. Okay, well, we're, yeah. we're going to find out how this goes <laughs> in this process. And Craig, you and I have never spoken formally. No, just uh, just informally, uh, probably a small handful of times yes. over the years. Yes, and uh, I know you from uh, making music and being in, sort of connected to music, and you've been uh, uh, friendly towards the show yep. uh, in the previous past. So oh, thank yeah. you. I'm yeah. a, a, a long-time listener, first-time uh, <laughs> co-guest. <laughs> well, it's great to have you both here. We're going to talk about this uh, new record, Off World 2, in a moment, but uh, you two have a, a very long collaborative history mm -hmm. so i thought we should begin mm -hmm. by tracing that a little bit figuring out where mm -hmm. you met uh and and when mm -hmm. you first started collaborating and and how we arrived at offworld is it possible we do but given oh. given that the name of the project is um based on another long-standing collaboration between sandra and somebody else here in toronto i want to give a shout out to lorenz peter because um, in terms of the other Torontonians involved in this, he would be uh, the main figure in absentia for this uh, interview. Um, but because uh, Sandro's collaborations with Lorenz is where the, this project name came from. Yeah, I, I've uh, gathered from our correspondence that uh, you wanted to make this interview as collaborative as possible and as inclusive as possible, but for various reasons... It's unfortunately yeah. just the three of us. Yeah, so we're yeah. just going to have yeah. to persevere on our yeah. own. And yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that, I appreciate the point. Oh, yeah, because, because of yeah. the collaborative nature of it, um, and especially given that um, um, it's, it's his duo with Sandro from whom the name of this project stems, that I figured a, uh, you know, an initial shout-out to Lorenz was overdue. No, it's totally, totally appropriate. Very but, sweet and generous. And, and Lorenz wanted to be here, but he had to, he had to do something else that was... Not that it was more important than this, but it was a little bit more pressing. Uh, pressing. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't take it personally. Are yes, you? So. I, was I supposed to take it personally? No, no, no. I, no, I, I, just, I didn't. No, I, no, I don't. No, no. I, don't. I think I just wanted to let maybe just so that it's known that that Lorenz wanted to be here. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, it's, that it's important. You no, know, I, he, I, he was yes. into it, but he but he couldn't do it. But I guess given so. that it's a going to be a track by track rundown, I guess all the collaborators are going to get their shine. So uh, That's true. Yep. We will highlight yep. what everyone has done and, and yep. we will have a discussion. But like I say, uh, my understanding is that you two have been collaborating, what has it been now, 15 years? Yeah, something? intermittently for wow, about really? 15 years now. It's yeah. probably wow. started in 2002. My head is hurting. <laughs> Just yeah, low that. batting <laughs> average in terms of what made it to record. Records, very low batting average. But, but you would uh, make a lot of music together. Yeah. And, and attempt to make a lot of, yeah, uh, a, yeah. a fair amount of music. I think we've worked on a lot. We might have been a little harder on ourselves 
than we needed to be sometimes. Yeah, maybe, r- like, we're a, quite a lot in the vaults. Uh, uh-huh. Although, if I didn't go and erase the vaults, uh, two, what was it, two years ago now? Or You erased the, the vaults? That was an accidental Accident, erasure. It was an accidental erasure. Uh, it wasn't like I had a meltdown and, and decided that I was <laughs> worthless. I've had many of those, but sure. they never end. And, uh, Who doesn't? Yeah, Who doesn't have, have those? That's we part of living in this, in this world. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, we, I lost uh, quite a bit of work that we did, oh, actually. No. But it was kind of, it was a bit of a blessing in that it sort of led to thinking about this off-world stuff and co- combining some different collaborations and and there was some stuff that that um, had on a different drive that ended up yeah know, the uh, was, the uh, three tracks saved. that um, we collaborated on that made it to this project to off-world two were originally intended for the follow-up to the Glissandro seventy record which was the mm-hmm. first thing and um, really o- only thing that um, t- to this point that that we've re- released collaboratively as a duo which came out eleven years ago now uh, yeah in wow. early two thousand six um, but uh, yeah we were gonna uh, we were contemplating having a, a project name change for. Um, what never became a follow-up, but um, yeah, three of those tracks are, are included here. Okay, so yep. so let's mm-hmm. let's backtrack a little bit. Where did you two mm-hmm. meet? Um, we I think initially met at, um, at at a wavelength concert series that um, Sandro was um, playing at. I think it was at was it at Lee's? Lee, um, the big one, yeah, Lee's Palace. Yeah, yeah, it was on a bill with Rockets Red Glare. Rockets Red Glare. Pony, Pony to look. Oh yeah, classic Toronto yeah, here. Amazing band. Yeah. Uh, do makes I think. Yeah, I think do make were on the bill as and well. Do makes other... and Rocket had a bit of a feud. I thought didn't they have a, like a, a rivalry? Oh my god, you should have seen it backstage. <laughs> <laughs> it was like West Just Side like Story everywhere. <laughs> was, uh, who was the, there was a fifth? Who was the fifth? Fifth act on that, I can't remember. I it's, forget, but but relating oh, this is horrible. They're gonna, we're probably gonna see them walking down the street. And no, but, it's, but relating to yeah. our our introduction and to yeah. the wavelength series, um, Jonathan Bunce, aka Johnny Dovercourt, was a crucial figure in terms of he was taking part in a um, uh, a web um, series based in Chicago. Um, that uh, Muted Tones was the name of the series around that time. So yeah, like I think he he contributed to it in two thousand one. And um, it was collaborations, like the whole point of this series was collaborations between people who hadn't worked together before. And it was um, sort of like a um, um, pass the hat sort of situation in terms of the collaborators, the the people who made a submission were then asked by the organizers to suggest another collaboration to be the next installment Uh and Johnny suggested that it be the two of us. Right. Oh, so so he brought you together, kind of matchmaker. He did. He was the matchmaker. That's true. Because he also was involved in Wavelength, so so we met at Wavelength. Yeah. Technically. But we didn't hang out but maybe it was yeah, a it was full on Svengali impresario stuff from John. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. he should be here. <laughs> we have an extra mic if he yeah. wants to show up. Let's send him a text. Yeah. Now, so, so you were playing on your you were playing under your own name by then, Sandra? No, that was the Pomo Pomo Pomo, of course. Years. Yeah, two thousand oh, okay. two thousand. So up until two thousand and four, I think I was doing that Pomo almost Popo. exclusively, right. and uh, and playing with some other people too, like. Every once in a while, were you collaborating um, with many people? In, I mean, in that setting, I some I had Nick Zubek was yeah. playing lap steel guitar yeah. occasionally, yeah. and um, also occasionally had uh, a bass player, Brett Higgins, uh, who now plays with Great Lake Swimmers. He was playing Arco, 
there might have been some other things, but it's it's a long time ago. It's hard yeah. to remember. Exactly. Okay. But anyways, Anagram was the oh, band Anagram. That, that night. Sorry. From the, uh, the, the, yeah, the Ajax area. Yeah, we're going to have to call uh, off uh, Ajax and Oshawa. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have been out for you. Or Oshawa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're somewhere from there. Yeah, Anagram yeah. were great. Yeah. I enjoyed that band. Now yeah. it sounds like it was a good classic Toronto bill. It was a crazy bill, yeah. It, yeah. it was. So, yeah, so, it was. so soon after yeah. that... Um, um, yeah, we got match made. Then we contributed like a 15-minute um, medley mm. um, where I think it was my initial riff ideas mm-hmm. that were shaped and dubbed out by Sandro. And then that 15 minutes was then whittled down to the intro track on what became the Glissandra 70 record. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and so in that configuration, what are you each playing in uh, terms of instrumentation? I, I guess um, uh, I mainly play guitar and or bass and more recently, within the last few years, ha- um, digital hand percussion and then effects. And uh, Sandra would play many instruments, um, a fair amount of um, keyboards and synthesizers, as well as occasionally guitar. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. uh, there would be um, vocals. Recently, there, there haven't been uh, vocals, but uh, mm-hmm. both of us have, have, have sung on occasion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so Glissandra 70, that you were saying the record came out, what, 11 years ago? It or did, something? yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only. Real public, uh, publicly released collaboration that you had. Yeah, there've been there've been um, a couple of offcuts or maybe three things that mm-hmm. have been available. Two of which were made available digitally, like on Bandcamp, and um, one which was on a uh, children's compilation that um, Paper Bag put out called "See You on the Moon." Yes, that's right. And S- mm-hmm. Sandra took the lead on that, as opposed to the stuff on the record, which I I sang lead on. Mm-hmm. And also. Craig wrote all the the whole Glissandro seventy record is Craig wrote that music. Oh, okay. And brought it to me and um mostly I think that all I did really was uh suggest some ways of structuring some of the stuff or restructuring it, mm-hmm. uh, doing some editing and uh and then recording Craig playing all the parts and then I I did play a little bit but not that much. I kinda a little bit of guitar, I think, maybe a little on bit the of Glissandra stuff. record. On the, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. And then, but and your then name is mostly in the name. Yeah, that's it's mostly that's your name. I know that's that, was, that was my doing. <laughs> yeah, why did you call it Glissandra seventy? Um, I think because I overheard you mentioning that. Was it uh, Andy McGoffin? Andy McGoffin. Whoa, this is bringing circling it <laughs> yeah. right back. During that yeah, during yeah, that period, that noted uh, producer engineer Andy yeah. McGoffin. But yeah, dur- a, during that period, yeah. um, um, Sandro was playing in. Um, uh, he he had a stint in Great Lake Swimmers mm-hmm. and also contributed a fair amount with Andy Swan, who also worked with Andy McGoffin mm-hmm. for a bit, like yep. Detective Kalita, yep. Yep. slash the Michael Parks yeah. from Ottawa. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But but anyhow, so McGo- uh, Andy um, coined you that. At yeah, some point? it was one of the late late night uh, nickname. <laughs> because <laughs> during that, during that period hurtling. when when um, taking part in these groups, um, uh, Sandra often played pedal steel. Yeah, lap steel. Oh, I, I wouldn't know lap. what to do with the pedals. Right, so it's, it's yeah. a bit of a pun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Just so we're clear on that. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. So yeah, you, yeah, yeah. but then you yeah. named the whole thing after this joke. Um, well, it, it was actually a shortening, <laughs> similar to how the initial fifteen-minute EP that nobody really heard because it was a very small um, webzine-based um, collaboration that we ended up. That was called Some Things, plural, the, the, the medley, and the, the project name was um, 
the Craig Dunsmuir Glissandro 70 solo guitar or duo <laughs> guitar orchestra. Wow, I totally forgot that. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, the duo yeah. guitar orchestra because yeah, up yeah. to that point I'd been playing solo with a looping pedal and yeah. calling it the solo guitar orchestra. Oh, and okay. so the, it, that was the way that we could get both our names in on the, on the duo. And then just for sake of ease, I, I shortened it. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess the 70 was because... Uh, I was listening to too much Felicuti. Right, right. Okay. So we have uh, uh, we, we have the Palmo Palpo thing figured out. Mm-hmm. We have Your Union. We have a Cassandra 70, I think, mostly figured out. Sandro Perry records have come out uh, under your own name uh, for mm-hmm. some years now. Craig, have you contributed to those records in any particular way? Well, I think I played bass on a track on one, on the EP, um, which was fairly early in terms yeah. of the name, like going under your own name. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah. Okay. So. And I con- contributed Bird... You borrowed a field recording yeah. and made a birds for the, the title track to Impossible Spaces, but yeah. that's the extent of it. That's right. And also, didn't we use those birds on the Glissandro 70 record? Did we? I feel like we Yeah, we may have du- we may have double dipped. Yeah, Sorry, we have folks. You, you double dipped with that. the birds. Yeah, okay, that's to. fascinating. It's hard to get good bird recordings, actually. And you don't want to <laughs> pay the licensing no. fee to the... Paying is for the yeah. birds. Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh. Thank you very much. I'm, I'll be here for the rest of the oh. evening. Anyway... So, Craig, have you played music with other people or on your own uh, outside of this union? I I have. Um, in the last year um, to maybe going on a year and a half now, I've occasionally done shows um, with a group called Dun Dun Band, which um, has been uh, myself leading a band and playing guitar and um, uh, t- along with a, a fairly big band, myself and six other people. Um, so I think we've done four shows so far oh, okay. with that with that project so um not very active but um in addition to that i've occasionally been doing um, um solo sets uh in the past two or three years under my own name for um for a while i was going under the name canada 70 and so i did um contribute to the second volume of music fragile under that name where that was all um um originally self-released um home recorded sort of uh uh Bedroom jams, like a four track and eight track. I see stuff. Okay, so you've been active. You do you do stuff? Yeah, but uh, not uh, not as active as this guy. Okay. No, come on. (laughs) Anyhow, get into it. Let's get into it. Tell me about Offworld. So we've kind of traced your trajectories and where things dovetail and 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 how you've collaborated. What is the uh, what is the uh, notion of Offworld about? Because you now this is the second of. Two releases. The, mm-hmm. the first one was called One. Mm-hmm. This is Two. Where did mm-hmm. Offworld come from exactly, Sandra? Um, okay, so I think, um, yeah, the name came from Lorenz. Like, Lorenz and I uh, were just kind of messing around making music together in the studio, uh, just sort of for fun, not really with any uh, big plans or anything. And we did a few live shows. Okay. And... Uh, and so that music, I think we started that around 2010, maybe 2009, oh. 2010. Okay. Um, and we made, I think, five tracks together. That's all we've done, actually. We've, we got together five times, and I think we made five tracks. We, At that point? Um, in total. Like, we've, uh, we've yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what? A, I, we see each other, you know, fairly regularly, but... Um, oh, you mean specifically you and Lorenz? Lor- yeah, Lorenz and I, okay. yeah. Sorry, okay. sorry if I didn't specify. Well, no, I just, so. I'm curious because in the context of Offworld, I mean, this you say five songs. This is, a, the second record has ten songs. Yeah, well, so here's the thing. So with Offworld, so it started with Lorenz and I, and we, yeah. did, we did these tracks. Um, 
And at the same time, Craig and I were also still working on tracks occasionally. Just we, yeah, like, we were attempting yeah. a follow-up um, and, you know, some yeah, sometimes we were disheartened, sometimes we were excited by what we were doing. But when it came down to it, um, the track selection was so whittled down that we were left with, I think maybe it's at one point it was five or six songs, but then eventually it whittled down to, clo- to closer to these ultimately three songs that, that, that appear mm-hmm. here. But during that time, you, before you decided on folding all these other cl- um, collaborations into the off-world name, you were mm-hmm. wondering about um, how to, or um, like an anonymous sort of collective based mm-hmm. um, production project idea. You were, mm-hmm. Sandra, you were thinking about like a, like whether it be like, this okay. didn't actually come to pass mm-hmm. in terms of the, the full idea, but you were th- wondering maybe a set of 12 inches, like something super anonymous sort of, ins- perhaps right. inspired in part by your love of like chain reaction, basic channel, that whole sort of faceless um, sort of techno style. Yeah, that's true. That was probably a, maybe a seed in the, in, you know, something that like ended up as a stepping stone idea. And you were thinking of calling maybe. it like House of Mirrors at first? I think so, yeah. And then and maybe you turned off the idea yeah, by the yeah, weekend right. and like it was maybe too oh, close did to he, that. Oh, did the weekend well, do did House, House of Balloons. Of, oh, okay. Well, balloons are probably more fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I think, yeah, so we were kind of doing this at the same time, although we'd sort of continued working on tracks. Like, you know, I, even after the record came out, the Glissandro 70 record, we kept sort of working on things. And so anyways, there was all this stuff kind of, and it was always at, at my place, like, cause I had to have a bit of a setup in a room, yeah. or, you know, yeah. so all this stuff kind of sat on my hard, hard drives for many years and sort of, you know, and, but by the sounds of it, from what Craig has illuminated mm-hmm. now, various contributions yeah. and with so various the, people. Yeah. And so I'm just going to get to that cause, yeah. but it started with oh, okay. Lorenz and I and Craig and I, and there, so there was all this stuff. Uh, and then there was a track that's on this record. We'll get to it later, but it, it's Eric Cheneau and I, and we did that in 2004. So that was another thing that was kind of sitting on my heart. Oh, it's the Grail, so I believe. The it's Grail, called. yeah, the yeah, last okay. tune. Yeah. Um, and then the, I had an experience in 2012. I went to London, England, uh, to play a couple shows there. And a friend of mine who's a producer who works with uh, a guy who has a studio there. I want to say his name because I feel like people would find that interesting because he's a a big name producer. Uh But I think there might be some... uh, The one breadcrumb that could be left would be that they were recorded at the hospital. Yeah. Okay. So that maybe that's all. Yeah. yeah that's that's all we that, need that, to that's say. all that needs. Yeah. If if that's people, people want to nerd out, they can yeah. figure it out. Yeah. That's a good. That's a really good solution. Oh. Because yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, this friend of mine, uh, he he was working in this studio called the Hospital in London, which is no longer there. It doesn't exist. Doesn't anymore. exist okay. anymore. Um, but he and he his idea was that he wanted to uh, get me in in a room with these two friends of his, these two musicians in London, who he didn't know that I was big fans of theirs, but he somehow thought, oh, it'd be nice to have you and these two guys meet and and just try and do some stuff. Okay. Uh, so those musicians were uh, Zongamin, who his name is Susumu Mukai, mm-hmm. and uh, Mickey Moonlight. And so these guys... 
I knew their music since 2000 and something, one or two or something. Okay. Uh, and so this friend, Drew Brown, uh, he arranged a, uh, a meeting in this studio, two days. So we had two full days in the studio. We had the, you know, the whole place to ourselves. And it's a very, very well-stocked studio. Amazing, amazing. It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't so. exist anymore. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, we took all the stuff with us. After the <laughs> what happened to the studio? Uh, he closed it down. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure all the gear is somewhere else, you mm. know. Um, but anyways, we had access to this stuff. And uh, we just, the, the, the hard drive, you know, just ran for two days. And we just recorded probably... Uh, 12 to 15 hours worth of material just just jamming really just playing around and what were the primary instruments were they all sorts of things uh, a lot of synthesizers a few drum machines uh, Susumu is a real wizard with uh, manipulating drum machines in real time and some live m instruments there was a drum kit set up uh, Drew Brown was doing stuff on a laptop through through a couple analog machine EMS Synthy one, and so there, it was just, it was a lot of fun because it was it was stuff that none of us really had much access to. Oh, okay. In, except for Drew, who worked in this studio, right? Um, and if I could interject, yeah. vo number one, the one that came out last year, that was mainly those sessions as the bed tracks, mm, yeah. which with some other instrumentation added on later. Yeah. So the guest musicians on top would have been. Andrew Zuckerman on Bukla, on top of those um, beds, uh, Jesse Zubat on violin, yeah, yeah. Mike Smith on banjo. On banjo yeah. So that sort of sets the stage for the, the first one that came out last year. Yeah. Right. It's kind of complicated. Uh, no, it, it sounds complicated. Yeah, and I, I, all, all of it sounds a little complicated. There's, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, it's fine. Like, I, and that's why I, I, you know, you talk about having this faceless collective idea, and, and here we are trying to illuminate mm -hmm. uh, things, mm -hmm. you know, this enigmatic uh, thing. So yeah. I can appreciate why uh, history and timelines might cross as we go. Yeah. But I just wanted a yeah, sense yeah. Of, of things uh, mm -hmm. because I, I do, you know, I follow your work uh, closely. So Thank this off-world, well, yes, you're welcome. But the off-world thing, I was like, what, what is happening? What's going on? Where, yeah. where, who yeah. is this? Who are yeah, all these yeah. people? What yeah. is going on? Yeah. So I think, uh, I think it might be a good time now to start talking about the songs. Does that seem reasonable to you? Okay. So why don't we begin with uh, the first song on Offworld 2, Wet Max. So that was one of the three that um, that, that I um, had a had a co-hand in, and um, the title comes from the fact that um, there's sort of a sloshy sample bed underneath um, the instrumentation that I took from a YouTube video. I discovered these strange videos on YouTube of people. Um, submerging themselves in their bathtubs, <laughs> fully clothed in sort of trainer gear like um, like Adidas or Nike uh -huh. uh, tracksuits, and um, um, 
It's called Wet Max because, uh, um, yeah, the one that I, I took the sample from was somebody who was um, uh, sort of dunking his, uh, his Air Maxes uh, sort of fetishistically in a, in a bathtub. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, all, all you could hear from the underwater mic was sort of the, the sloshing of the, uh, of the rubber, of the, of the rubber <laughs> sort of hitting the, like, sloshing around in the bathtub. And so wow. that, that's what's underneath. And so, um, yeah, I figured the, the, the least that it deserved was a slight illusion in the title. And also it's a slight pun because I did previously make some electronic music under the pseudonym Max Gross. So I figured the Max had a bit of a double. Oh, meaning. I didn't even think of that, actually. But um, The connection. But yeah, so that, so that track was, um, yeah. Yeah. was um, that. Beach, <laughs> your face right now. I just wish there was a way to. Why? What, what, what does it look it's like? It's amazing. The what, face what, you're what, what face just, am I making? It Is was it? just kind of like, oh. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying. Like I say, this is a little. It's the whole thing is a little nebulous. Even yeah. even trying to uh, engage with each piece, uh, you know, is it's a little difficult because it's it's mm. it's very unusual. Yeah. I would say, right. and I'm not saying it's. I'm not. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I think no, it's just cool. fine. Yeah. But I just I like the and then the fact that you were watching these videos also <laughs> is disturbing. So there's a lot of disturbing aspects yeah, to this. The sidebar you can't really control what comes up on the sidebar. No, oh, it's right. Pretty, it's so random. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's how I dis- discovered yeah. this whole yeah. this whole world is the related yeah. videos. Yeah, yeah. The related videos. Yeah. That's it. Weird. Could have been like you could have been like a, a running shoe ad or something. Even that could have brought it up. Why were they submerging themselves in bathtubs and tracksuits? I think there's a fetish uh, element to be frank. A fetish? Yeah. It's not like a workout thing? Um, You know, like some kind of thing where your body... I think it's more like ASMR for people who are really into sportswear. And like it's like hypebeast ASMR. Okay. And do you feel like like the, the, the soundscape captures any of that no the soundscape would be more indebted to like fourth world music and john hassel and that sort of thing mm, okay um yeah. in terms of the um the baseline underneath i was particularly um inspired by um a live john hassel record that was recorded at the world trade center in the mid 80s i think called the living city it was like a oh. bonus track that I, that i heard and uh you know it's not direct like completely indebted to that but in terms of the, the baseline that underpins the whole thing um the, the I, I definitely, when listening back to, to that idea, I, I, I put two and two together and realized that it was from um, um, re- really getting into this live John Hassel record. So for people who don't who aren't familiar with John mm-hmm. Hassel, can you contextualize him a little um, bit? He would be someone um, who uh, collaborated with um, Brian Eno as well as he did a fair amount of work in Hamilton at the Grant Avenue Studios mm-hmm. with... Um, Bob and Daniel Lanois? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Bob yeah. and Daniel Lanois, exactly. Um, and his first record... I just want to interject because yeah, yeah. the Toronto connection. His first record was made at York University, right? Um, the yeah. electronic music, yeah, department. Vernal Equinox. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, I guess the, uh, um, the uh, something else going on on this track, which would be another signifier, would be the the use of harmonizer. Yeah, um, that's also a, th- a hasselism. And there's a been a, a fair amount of you know maybe not on on this project, but Sandro's been known to um, to to uh, to use uh, himself an even tide in the past. <laughs> Uh, and that, that, the, so the harmonizer. Do you know what a harmonizer? You probably I, have seen I've one. I've probably seen one. Yeah, Can studios. you describe it? There, uh, it's, it's. I think they've sort of come back in vogue, or if that's. Do you an, do you have one? I have one. Yeah, yeah, I do have one. I got lucky uh, six or seven years ago. Found one for a really good price. Now they're like triple of what I paid. Oh, but they're wow. Uh, and it's kind of it's a thing from I think the ver- the late seventies. 
um, Eventide made them, and then they became pretty popular in the mm. 80s. Prince, as soon as you hear a harmonizer, it's like, oh, Prince. That's what, like, all his records. Oh, uh, it's, it's put, like a processor or something? It's a kind, Yeah, it's a yeah. pitch processor. Oh. Uh, but you can use it very subtly so that you've just got subtle... Um, you know, octave below or octave above of whatever you're putting into it. And oh. it just adds a kind of a uh, a thickness and a certain sort of changes the color of the sound. In yeah, a way. and uh, yeah. whereas um, John Hassel would um, invariably play his um, trumpet through a, a harmonizer to achieve mm-hmm. this sort of weird mm-hmm. off-kilter um, uh, uh, quality to, to his playing, um, I think I'm pretty sure there's some pitch shifting going on on the synths on this Wet Max track. That For, sure. Oh, okay. For sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We so were yeah. harmonizing like Mad Men. <laughs> but off-kilter harmonizing. Off-kilter harmonizing. Yeah. And we were in harmony, so right. it comes around. Oof. Okay, yeah. so you're, and, and who are the guests? Uh, I mean, you, as you said, Craig, you're on this uh, song, and Sandra's on this song. Yeah, Craig, I mean, this is another Craig jam. Like, he wrote this, he brought this f- pretty much fully formed, and I think oh, all okay. I did was I, I suggested some editing and probably, you know, chop, did some chop-chop. And Zongamin's credited with, is that a Korg instrument, MR-10? Uh, MR-10 is a drum machine, the okay. little drum Yamaha machine. drum machine. So he okay. did some hand-punched drum machine stuff, uh, and... Actually, I just noticed, this is interesting, because Susumu and Craig both have a very similar dexterity with drum machines and doing stuff. Like, Craig does a lot of his drum stuff is hand-punched as opposed to... Um, programmed? Programmed. Oh, you're doing it in the in the moment. Yeah, yeah. doing oh. it live. And Susumu also had a very uh, impressive uh, way with drum machines where he just, you know, he would use it in a way that made it sound more alive and not not just like pressing a preset and you yeah there's know. some really cool drum machine stuff happening on the record that's pretty much uh in most cases that would be susumu's work mm. and then uh there was some stuff that lorenz and i did where we took um a, a standard kind of old very old drum machine like where you just kind of hit the preset and we did some chopping up uh, in the studio, I but. see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, on this first track, there'd be a fair amount of hand punched um, digital hand percussion, sort of fake hand, hand percussion. Hand Sonic Ten, it says. Yeah, here. Hand Sonic Ten. So is it's that a, a thing? Yeah, oh, it's a it's a, a it's a piece of Roland gear that um, that that's uh, pretty. You know, the the touch sensitivity is is it makes it pretty easy to use. It's sort of like the hand drum equivalent of a um, an MPC. Um, the the um, the the areas the pads on which to play are not unlike. Um, like an MPC on which someone like Arab music would like hand punch some oh, hip hop okay. beats, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, in this case, um, the the, uh, the congas that you hear and the um, like cuica sounds and uh, there's a lot of sort of chirping Brazilian percussion that is all hand punched on this uh, piece of rolling gear. Okay, mm-hmm. well, it's a fascinating piece, and I appreciate the insight on it. Uh, are we good to move on? For sure. Okay. Anything you 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 direct us. Well, I, any, yes. Those, again, those I, I I'm still I'm processing uh, mm. the wet max imagery <laughs> or still. So I doesn't forgive, take much apparently. Forgive me. I'm a little if I'm a little uh, you know <laughs> spun here. Okay, we move on to uh, the next uh, uh, tune on this record. It's called mm. Island Fanfare. Yeah. Thank you. 
Uh, Sandra, what can you say about uh, You're playing a Sintorchestra? Sintorchestra, yeah. So one of the, the instruments at the London sessions that I was became really attached to uh, was this uh, Sintorchestra, which is uh, made by Farfisa. Uh-huh. And it's kind of a cross between an early uh, 60s Farfisa organ and an analog synth. And you can oh, kind of combine the two sounds in different ways. Uh, and I just was really drawn to that instrument during those two days. And so a lot of the stuff that we recorded um, has a lot of synth orchestra on it. Like that's I, I only see one credit for it on this record, by the way, oh, I should say. Yeah, uh, I only see funny. I only see Island Fanfare with yeah, the credit for the synth orchestra. Yeah, so the first record. The f- oh, the, the first uh, one, you're, all, yes, Craig yeah, was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah from that session. Uh, those sessions. Yeah, so, so more synth orchestra. More if but, people are, have a fix, if they need a fix of synth orchestra... Yeah. Off-World 1 is where you want to <laughs> that's travel. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, and Island Fanfare uh, is quite a, a short track. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a little nod maybe back to the first volume. Okay. You know? Yeah. I am particularly um, partial to the beat change-up. It like oh. starts off all fast and it sort of shifts mm-hmm. down. And that's Susumu's work. There you he go. Was, he was doing live, you know, shifting. Is that uh, happening to, in the moment uh, then? In the moment. In yeah, the moment. In the moment. Okay. Yeah. I have to admit, it's hard to remember what exactly was edit. I can imagine. Based, yeah, but, I can imagine. But I, I think editing. I tried to. Uh, I think the editing work is more like um, not to be tricky or to make something happen that wouldn't happen in real time. It was more about overall musicality and form of a piece. Yeah, you. Um, that you, makes sense. You mentioned uh, it does. It, it does make sense. You mentioned a hard drive was running the whole time. You mm. recorded everything digitally. Yeah, yeah. and and then you f- stitch things together later or figure things yeah, out. Yeah, there was yeah. That editing done yeah. afterwards. Okay. Yeah, and okay. and again, that editing often was just to uh, make a piece as opposed to do some as opposed to doing something really like, you know getting deep into like digital stitching and making things that wouldn't happen in real time. Yeah. Like the record still sounds pretty live and kind of primitive compared to a lot of electronic music. I have a kind of a visceral reaction to it, which tells me that it's, uh, it feels alive and evil and strange (laughs) and, uh, and different. And like, you know, from like a, some other planet, I would say, I don't like to say otherworldly. It's a, A cliche, it but it's it would be too off world. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There's something yeah. sinister going on. Craig, did you want to say anything more? I know you're. you're oh, oh, just that uh, um, it should be emphasized that uh, Sandro spends a lot of time editing and mixing and re-editing and remixing <laughs> and re-re-editing and re-remixing. Craig, to a mystifying degree, like are you like it was fine, Sandro? Leave it alone. Uh, it's. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, it's it's impressive. I uh, oh, okay. and it often leads to it almost always leads to uh, amazing results that uh, can't be done any other way. Yeah, so, I could so see kudos. that. I could see that. Okay, do you want to say anything about Drew's contribution to this? Um, on Drew the- would have been. Drew was mostly working with samples and feeding them through the EMS synthy. So uh, there's a couple. So that ended up being like a lot of ambient textures and um, things that kind of sound like a sample. Like, I think there's a little sitar sample oh. on that on that song. And uh, I reacted because of my Indian heritage. <laughs> I just couldn't help but say, oh! Oh, that brings me back. Ah, no, I don't know why I did that. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. That's, yeah. that's fascinating. All right. Well, it's, that, a, it's a short, little, cute, little 
tune, I think. <laughs> it know? is. It's, maybe it's strange to put it as the second song on the record. But well, I, I think you need a little bit of cutesiness as you enter the off-world There you go. World. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to mm-hmm. the next song, which uh, it seems appropriate given our discussion of Scrub Down, mm-hmm. or rather of Wet Max. <laughs> I gave away the <laughs> Scrub Down, the song after you take a bath in your tracksuit, you want to have a Scrub Down. <laughs> Down features uh, yourself, Sandro, mm-hmm. and Lorenz, yeah. uh, as we mentioned, and uh, it seems to be mostly mostly synthesized stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. Is that the alarm again? There's that alarm. There's again. that alarm again. Mm-hmm. They're testing the elevators. Is that what we heard? I think so. Yeah, yeah it's coming through loud and clear in our. That's a, it's kind of nice. I mean, it's a little background ambience. Feels appropriate for this yeah. record. Yeah. yeah. This dis- yeah, this discussion. Yeah. There you go. As long as we don't get told, we have to leave. Yeah. There seems to be some kind of ruckus outside of our little studio here. Anyway, we'll continue. Yeah. Scrub down. Scrub what, down. What would you like to say about scrub down? Um, this is the third track on the record. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and it's That's all a good point. Yeah. It's also coincidentally the third track that Lorenz and I have made in, oh. our, in our entire lives oh, together. Right. right. We've only made five tracks together. Again, there's a, maybe there's a sixth one somewhere floating around, but you um, probably erased it. I probably lost it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so we did this. This would have been maybe around 2011. Maybe we made this, uh, and um, maybe it's important to say that most of this music was actually uh, it's all based, except for the track that uh, Wet Max. Uh, I think all of this stuff is is. Uh, improvised. It yeah. just it's just like there's a bit of editing afterwards, but we didn't talk about anything beforehand. We just kind of picked a few sounds and went with it. Right. And then I think what happened afterwards was I added some piano to it and uh in in the hopes that it would give a little bit of a harmonic uh shape to the piece because the piece is very kind of squirty and sprawling and yeah. it doesn't really it, it's sort of anchored by that bass line, but it, yeah, maybe it felt like it needed, it needed a little some, bit of, yeah. the hel- of help. A little somehow. hook. Yeah, a little hook. A little yeah, hook yeah. of some kind. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, the title is just... The titles, I think, just come sort of uh, more on an instinctual... Yeah, it doesn't really mean anything, but... I mean, we could probably talk about how when titles come together on a record and you figure out a way in your mind to to uh you figure you think that there's some sort of story that that all these things are related to and i could probably we could probably get into that but i feel like it would be a little bit boring maybe and and (laughs) and uh and and also one of those things that you're sort of 
planting too many ideas into the ear of the listener. Sure. You almost want to leave some room for people to maybe wonder, like, oh, what's a scrub down in this context? Right. Or what's a, you know... Although I, I should ask out of curiosity, since you uh, ended up um, sort of titling after the fact a, a lot of these um, off-world mm-hmm. tracks, did you have some titles um, already written down and then t- sort of added? And this has come mm-hmm. up on other podcasts mm-hmm. yeah. of Vichas, whether mm-hmm. yeah. talking to the Dumakes or Tortoise, or, oh, yeah. okay. in, just in terms of, the, mm-hmm. of titling instrumental music. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, and in some cases it's uh, down to the artwork deadline. Like oh we need oh. to title these these stupid okay. songs we made yeah and the deadline for the artwork yeah. and so they just at the last minute title the songs right. based oh. on a list they made oh, okay so any song yeah. name could be inter I mean do you feel right. like any of these song titles are interchangeable with another definitely not okay no. so no. the scrub down it connotes a scrub down yeah it does it of does. some kind it, it's sort of like to me it feel it's a word that feels like it fits with the sound of the sure. of the tune but then it also feels like it fits with the overall con like the concept that I'm imagining in my rec in in my head of the record like of w- where the record is traveling or yeah. where it's taking place and that's the thing that I feel like maybe I don't want to talk about because oh, no, that's be, fair. and also cuz it would be long and rambling and kind of boring but that's the sort of thing that I think is nice for a listener to maybe make up on their own. Yeah, I have a I, in doing these uh, kinds of uh, pro, uh, these kinds of episodes of the show mm-hmm. and having conversations with instrumental instrumentalists, if you yeah. will. I do think it's interesting psychologically what I derive from the text mm-hmm. as opposed to the music sometimes mm-hmm. because. Uh, that's just the way my mind functions a little bit. Like I do yeah. process sound and music, and I can talk about those things. But when someone, yeah. uh, when I don't have a lyric to cling to or to ask the yeah. meaning behind, obviously, uh, maybe it's obvious. I don't know. But the mm-hmm. title yeah. is speaking to me literally yeah. in English yeah. in this case, and I can say, "Oh, well, you you put together this array of words, yeah. so I'm going to ask you about this array of words yeah. as opposed to a lyrical fragment." So yeah. that's all it is. I don't mean to oh, be no, purient no. Or, or anything like that. I just. Oh. Not at all. No, okay. no, it wasn't. T- I was m- more just preemptively. Um, I think you're being a little protective of the songs. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'm not well, trying to be protective. No. Actually, it's more. It's more that. Um, well, I mean, you're giving. You're protected. In the, you're protective of the listener. I think that's actually. what it is. Yes. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I don't want to impose on that space because it's fine. I, and actually, that space I think is. Uh, uh, maybe to not I don't want to overstate it but it's kind of sacred to me as a music listener and I and I and I hope that How would you like to look 5 years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That uh, I hope to never get into into that into somebody else's space with what I might say about a piece of music that I'm involved in making. So is there a, is it possible that if someone were say there's a record you really love and it means something to you, and at some point in the in the timeline of of the record, someone involved in it and the band or the artist does a reveal all about mm-hmm. the record, would you mm-hmm. want to shy away from that? Would you not want to have your perception of where the song meanings are coming from uh, illuminated to you by the artist? It's a really good question. I think it sort of uh, depends on where, what, what point in the relationship I am at with that piece of music. Mm. Like I feel like at this point something like um, Astral Weeks. I want to know as much as I can about Astral Weeks because I've listened to it a hundred thousand times. Right. And, and I almost feel like, okay, I have to go somewhere else now with this record because I've listened to, you know, to, you know, there's nothing else I can get. Mm. Although there is, there's always something to get if you love it. But, yeah. um, but that's like an exceptional situation. That's where you're so, so yeah. deep into yeah. that thing. And in most cases, I think that it's better to, le- to let the relationship to a piece of music grow based on the listener, the listening experience, yeah. you know. Right. And again, this is, could be misinterpreted as me saying, "What's the point? <laughs> like, right. no, why, I, are, why are we here?" No, I, no, I don't mean it. I that wrestle way, with that sometimes but. too, but I do think uh, I've learned. I learn a lot doing this. Yeah, and yeah, I, I find, sure. like you've said a few times, hearing what Craig had, has had to say. Oh, yeah. interesting! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it can be surprising for the artist as well. Yeah. But uh, relating to um, like the, the sort of dreamy or fantastical nature of, of, of some of this music in terms of what it connotes and the uh, sort of imaginary landscape sort of idea. I think um, um, sort of one like era and, and, and um, group of, of experimental artists that uh, sometimes I, I, I think of when it comes to Sandra's work would be the lovely music label and sort of artists like um, uh, David Behrman and Robert Ashley in terms of not everything is spelled out in, in yeah. that sort of work. And a lot of that stuff involves you know, similar enough um, sort of synthesized textures with, and uh, also even, although in his case, he narrates over top, like uh, Robert Ashley, uh, you know, a lot of what he says over top, it doesn't quite make exact um, syntactical sense all the time, or even when it does, it, um, it, it it's up to you to um, s- sort of follow along and, and put the pieces together. And, mm-hmm. and I know that the lovely, like that, in terms of experimental music from the last, uh, you know, uh, 30, 40 years that, uh, that, that I, I'm pretty sure that that's made an impact on you. Oh, yeah, both of us, for sure. Hugely, hugely influential. Yeah, I think there's still mystery. Uh, At the end of all this, there will Mm -hmm. still be mystery, but yeah.
I think we, we discussed uh, lots of things there, and Scrub Down obviously uh, prompted all of that. We're going to move on uh, to the next piece, Memory Drip. This is bass, organ, VC10. This is all you. Yeah, this is so interesting. Okay, so, uh, well, not interesting. I don't mean that in a self-aggrandizing way, but um, it, this was just kind of a fragment of a piece of the set of the London sessions that yeah. I was hanging around. There was some bass stuff that I was doing in the, in the corner, and we recorded two minutes of it or something. And um, uh, it was really just a case of, oh, I kind of like that. I'm going to try something on it. And I did some vocoder stuff. And uh, it worked in the context of the record. And it didn't really fit with the idea of it being collaborative work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I hope it doesn't come across as, you know, oh, I'm going to put a solo piece <laughs> I on. Don't think so. on I don't here. think so. No. Well, the no, thing is, too, is that with that piece, um, before reading the liners myself and realizing that it was all you it sounded very collaborative in terms of the way all the um the instruments uh, in terms of the way the multi-tracking took place i assumed initially when i first heard that that it was uh you and the the three other folks that were in on the session so uh, yeah that's interesting i mean i'm just uh cross-referencing my notes with uh the liner for the uh the liners for the record and it does say that you played guitar actually not bass but is, is it a bass Oh, you know what? It was a. Oh, sorry. I, did I say bass? It was a guitar going through a an octave synth pedal, so it sounded kind of like a bass. Oh, but I yeah, see. It it's was actually, a guitar. It's actually a guitar. Right. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to yeah. fact check Thanks myself. For yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, anything more to say about that? For um. Now? No. Memory drip. Memory drip. I mean, I kind of like the title. Is it, it was evocative of some sort of process that might happen to 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 a, to somebody in a in a scenario that uh you know could be <laughs> it's hard to see it's hard to talk about this absolutely stuff, i mean yeah i don't know no i don't know what to say no i don't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> drip uh, drip yeah drip. i mean it does connect drip. to the uh wet the bath to uh, there is a there is a there's the water some more water yeah, going water on yep. yeah yep. there's a watery aspect to off world yeah there is, yeah there is a, on this uh, this record for sure yeah 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 okay yeah. well we're gonna move on yeah let's move on we yeah, move sure. on to the mask. Understanding is the mask features uh, yourself, Sandro, yeah. and Lorenz and again. Lorenz, yeah. And uh, I can't help 
when this song comes on, mm-hmm. I think of the uh, film franchise Star Wars. Oh, interesting. Okay. There are a lot of yeah, R2-D2 sounds oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> things going on yeah, that okay. uh, reminded me yeah. specifically yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah. Then it was called The Mask, which right. could mean the Jim Carrey film. Uh, but I actually did think of Darth Vader's mask. It just I had a lot of Star Wars coming at me with the mask. That's really interesting. Uh, see, that's great. That's, that's just the thing I, I thought. That's yeah, and that's space age sounds. It has like a sp- outer space seventies yep. kind of thing for yep. me. Like what the perception of outer space yep. was and the future at was at that time. That's what yep. I think of. Yeah. Yeah. And that's entirely that's a thing. That's a real valid response <laughs> to to a piece of music, and and actually not at all one that I would have anticipated or thought. Oh, okay. Of. And not because I'm, you know, I was a Star Wars fan. When I'm I was I'm a, not particularly a Star Wars fan. I've seen see, the yeah. most of the films. I think I've seen all the films. Yeah. yeah. So it's not coming from that place. Yeah, I mean, maybe if I, maybe if I see my recollection is sort of of being in the room with Lorenz and working on it, and then it was that was the second piece of music that we made together. So it was also uh, very, uh, it was still very new for us, and we we're just trying things out. And um, that one's very driven by Lorenz. Actually, he's doing. He really, like all of those synth sounds, I think, I think they're mostly Lorenz. Like he's, he's improvised as well, right? Yeah, improvised. improvised. And that's, that's very, it's got his uh, style and his sound on that track. Like his work with Corpus is pretty, for me, exceptional, really, really unique and amazing. And I was a fan of Lorenz's music before I met him. Corpus is a, previous project or another project corpus is uh corpus is hard to talk about because corpus is like a whole world of, of its of its own it's a man and a band yeah it's it's a yeah. band named after the uh the, the 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 character um that uh that lorenz's band name go, goes by uh, corpus oh yeah okay yeah and so lorenz was the he he did the synth and drum machine stuff in Corpus. Have you not seen Corpus? I don't I feel think like... I have. Yeah, not no, to be overly like reductive to. about yeah, it, yeah. but in that duo dynamic, um, Lorenz is the Martin Rev to Corpus's Alan oh. Vega. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, yeah. But it, it, um, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's a, du- it's yeah. a duo, and uh, Lorenz provided yeah. the electron- the live electronic backing for, um, for Corpus uh, himself to, um, to do mm. sort of uh, really... Uh, compelling, aggressive, uh, quasi-operatic uh, uh, lead vocals over top. Oh, okay. Corpus are legendary. I mean, I just sort of feel... I, Toronto? I, is yeah, Toronto. Toronto yeah. I always assume everybody knows Corpus, but then I remember... Yeah, Corpus not, spent a, a, not, a fair uh, bit of time in the 80s in Montreal and maybe yeah. some of the, the 90s in, I, I think, in recent years has has moved back more recently than that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, they've, they've played... Um, Plenty of shows and made quite an impact here in Toronto, and uh, I've been a, f- a fan of theirs for years. And uh, yeah, the, the thing is, is that L- Lorenz is a, is a man of few words, even when you start to get to know him. But uh, but before then, he's uh, a bit of an imposing figure. I see. Okay. Well, I mean, the name Corpus is a little intimidating in itself. Mm-hmm. I will say. Wait till you you, you have to go to a Corpus. I'm show. trying to think. I to, probably yeah, it yeah. sounds like I would have remembered it if I had seen it. Oh yeah, for sure. It seems odd but, to uh, me that yeah. I would not have seen it because yeah. I see everything. I just try to see. 
everything. There you go. See, yeah. there's still more to experience. There's still more to experience. Yeah. But in, t- in terms of giving the list, the um, the, the listener, um, both on this record and the listener to this podcast, a bit bit more um, um, contextual info in terms of Lorenz, um, I'd recommend checking out his current duo, um, uh, Processor. Okay. Um, that that uh, in, if if anyone is is curious about his contributions here and mm-hmm. li- likes uh, what what he contributes to the Soft World project, check out Processor for more of his work. Yeah, just mm-hmm. Google Processor. You'll find it right away. That'll be easy to find. Processor Band. What is it? Like is it there? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but Lorenz's name is L O R E N Z. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lorenz. Yeah. Lorenz Peter. Yeah. 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 Okay. And Melissa J is the that's she's also she's the other half of processor. Processor. Yeah. Okay. I will I will look it up myself because I'm not familiar with that. All right. We move on. So start leading off side B is this track called Playroom that um, that Sandra and I did um, in collaboration with and at the house of Brandon Hokura, a fellow who um, moved out to um, the uh, the exurbs. <laughs> maybe like a year, year and a half ago with his wife. But at the time, he was living here in uh, Toronto at Bloor and Symington, and Sandra and I went over to his studio to, uh, to track this track, Playroom. Underpinning, there's um, either a, I forget if it's actual bass or me putting a guitar through a whammy pedal to make it sound like a bass. But um, it says here whammy bass. Yeah, so it might be me <laughs> using a good. Does that illuminate anything That's for you there? Does that clear that up? Yeah, I think I might be playing guitar through a whammy pedal to make sure. it sound like a bass. Okay. And so I'm contributing the um, I think it's like a, a five note figure underneath. Sandro is on synth and. Uh, Brandon, uh, our co-conspirator, is uh, is also on a synthesizer on this track. MFB Kraftswerk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Am it must, I saying that correct? must be some sort of synthesizer from Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that synthesizer. So yeah, <laughs> this is fascinating. Sandra, do you want to say anything more about uh, um, uh, Playroom? I love this track. I mean, I love it because I, uh, I because I love the construction of it. I love the I love what Craig does, and it's a very very Craig Dunsmuir piece of music like it's re- it's enticing but also hard to grasp like it's hard to grab a hold of and to know what's entirely what's going on yeah and, yeah and uh, I did very little on this track like I that's that synth that I did was was you know like it's like fluff it's just like some <laughs> fluff in the air uh, maybe the, the only other thing I did I mixed the track so maybe I contributed to the the like oh, definitely. how to shape, how to shape the, the movement. Of Past the, the halfway point of the track, I have noticed um, some um, some filtering 
um, yeah, some filtering, some like for sure. that yeah. uh, really shapes it. No, it's like some some DJ style EQing at a certain yeah, yeah, yeah. Point. No, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. It's good that you yeah. noticed that. That's yeah. interesting. Okay. And there was another mix of this that we that uh, Brandon did that we you know we both listened to for several years probably before this record came out. And uh, I believe that will be included as a bonus track is, for people yeah. who purchased the uh, the record. Yeah, it's a bonus. Where? How? What yeah. do you get? How do you get the bonus track? Uh, so when this record comes out, there's going to be a digital three song bonus EP that oh. gets released with it. It'll okay. be on Bandcamp and on the Constellation site. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Uh, I also really, I dig the name of this track, Playroom. Why, why is that? It's kind of sweet and cute and <laughs> in the context of, I mean, you said that it was kind of an evil sound or scary sound. I didn't say record. that. I didn't say. Scary, you said scary. Well, let's roll and, back and the tape and see when I said that. <laughs> it's a little surreal. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I feel like a, it feels like a shadow is creeping uh, in through my stereo system. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, cool. for whatever reason, yeah, I find that um, this track with the the way the shakers are active as well as the um, the held uh, synth um, clusters, the, the synth chords, it has a bit of a sort of more cheerful, mm-hmm. uh, like a, a pleasantly dreamy um, sound to it. And um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, going back to that sort of lovely music influence, um, uh, yeah, I can't help but think of David Behrman when it comes to uh, the, the synthesizers um, mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah, of, uh, and, and I the, think that, track. and then when you have this uh, under the umbrella of Playroom, it does have a playfulness to it. I think. Yeah, there's a yeah. bit of a toddler vibe to this song too as well. Yes. <laughs> it's like a bit of a baby vibe. Which I, which I think I'm just re- kind of realizing now. I think is a thing that runs through all of this off-world music. I think it's one of the things that that I, I felt was a a thread connecting all oh. of these collaborations was that in making in improvising, you sort of I, I think ideally get to a state where you're not thinking, you're not you're not um, calling on your you know intellectual ideas about music yeah, you're yeah. you're even trying to maybe unlearn some of the physical habits that you've developed as a musician and yeah. to really just try and be as open and wide-eyed and and you know baby-like in a way as as possible yeah so discovery you, discovery, yeah, so discovery you can explore yeah. new things and actually and, even more reflective of uh, of that attitude um, then this track would be the the following track, which I think was entirely the, sh- the track Night Valve. I think was entirely written just in the studio slash in front of the computer. Oh that yeah, we were tracking yeah. on that. Um, that song took us like two minutes to write, and it's about two minutes long. It says here it's a minute twenty five. Oh okay. So and we, uh, sorry to sorry yeah, to uh, we took thirty seconds <laughs> longer. <laughs> is uh, uh, another duo uh, composition, I suppose, is mm-hmm. the way to describe it. Sandro and Craig, what do you want to say about it beyond what you just said about it? Anything else? Uh, my guitar contribution is, is um, nasty sounding in terms of the um, uh, sort of overdrive, and I think there's a bit of sort of a gated effect on the, the pedal I used, and it was indebted to the work of um, two of my favorite local guitarists, well, one of whom now lives in Paris, but uh, my playing was super indebted to the rat drifting Sort of uh, aesthetic, um, Eric Cheneau. Eric Cheneau, and also Martin Arnold, uh, the yeah. way that he plays guitar. So, uh, yeah, yeah, hats off to those guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, 
Martin's going to show up on Offworld 3. It's just a little tidbit. Oh, little sweet. Teaser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you've yeah. got a. The, the thing with the Offworld records is you kind of already have them banked, don't you? Yes. You just got to sort through them. Yes, in most. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, there might be a four, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, wow. We just whipped through a couple of songs mm-hmm. there. We're going to move on to the next uh, song on the record uh, De Camp. Yeah. De Camp. Somebody, I believe it was Craig, alluded to suicide earlier. I got kind of a suicide vibe off of DeCamp. Mm-hmm. It might be the drum machine sound itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there yeah. is suicide an influence on Offworld? Probably. I mean, I think everybody probably goes through the phase of checking out suicide. Well, in being, terms of the name pretty, of the project, you know, even so. isn't there a Martin Rev solo album that sort of has a similar name, like um, Strange? Strange. Oh, World? Strange World. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's his. That's a. That's like the closest thing to World of Echo that's ever been made. <laughs> in a way, like it's it's. There's no other music like World of Echo except. But then you hear Strange World, and it's like, oh. And we should contextualize for the listener that uh, that's World of Echo by Arthur Russell. Yeah. Yeah, right. So you're okay. I'm just uh, so you're saying <laughs> you're saying that there's a, a vague influence for you, Sandro. But uh, I mean, to me, like when I don't know, yeah. Craig, when when you hear it might camp, be a su- subliminal influence, just because I know that um, um, you know both both Sandro and Lorenzo are, are really into suicide in general and Martin Rev. Yeah, it's true. Specific. Although this is uh, London, this is the other track on the record that's from the London session. There you go. That's yeah. right. In the air. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, maybe the bass line, the drum machine, the bass line. Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely song and it sticks with me. Do you want to say oh. anything more about this one? You have uh, Matthew Cooper, who we have not uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. referenced that's, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should talk. Okay, so Matthew Cooper uh, makes music as Alluvium. Yes. Very beautiful ambient music. And uh, him and I have been in correspondence for years, maybe, oh, it might be like 14 years now or something, or 12 12 years. And we've talked a lot about collaborating and making music, and it's never quite happened because uh, I think the passing files back and forth over the Internet is a pretty hard thing for me to get into, like to Mm. really... uh, um, embrace that process as a collaborative uh, as process a, yeah i'd like to at least be in a room with somebody you know seems for, normal for enough yeah, yeah of yeah. course um but we uh, we have we continue to try that process and i did send him some of this london session stuff uh to see if he wanted to contribute and he was he has a much easier time with that conundrum than i do oh, so okay. he he uh put some stuff on top and um yeah he's in there he's doing the modular synth stuff it's hard to it's re, it's actually kind of hard to pinpoint maybe who 
who does what. Yeah, there's a number of um, uh, everyone seems to be playing. No, there's a drum machine and a couple of samples. A couple of people doing samples. It yep, looks like. Yeah, yep, yeah. There's a sample. There's. I don't know if I should say this. There's a sample. Do you get in trouble if you sample? <laughs> <laughs> if you say sa- if you sample like. Um, you know, at the beginning of uh, like reissues of re- you know records, uh-huh. and they always put the alternate versions of a song, and then sometimes you can hear the engineer in the studio saying, "Okay, let's do another." Yeah, you know, oh yeah, do, in the outtake or the, outtakes, or, or the alternate right? take. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you sample a part of that, is that actually part of the composition, or is that like, do you get in You're trouble? Have to ask their lawyers. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't yeah. talk about it. But that is there is a sample of that from a record that everybody in the world would know. It's just an alternate version of that song, and the, and the beginning is the engineer saying, "Okay, let's do another." Uh, something like, "Okay, let's do another take." I remember the band reissues had a lot of those where the the engineer would be yeah, talking over them. Probably it's similar to the band. It's in the same Okay. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close to the band. Okay. It's not the band. Okay. But, okay. Uh and maybe the only other thing I would say about that, not sure if it's of interest to listeners, but I remember where I remember sitting on the floor uh leaning up against the couch in this the hospital studio in London when we made this track. And I was playing the bass, and I was kind of fantasizing about being in Ornette Coleman's pr- oh. uh, primetime band, Electric Band. <laughs> <laughs> That's what and was I, going through your mind? Yeah, and I was yeah. playing in a way that, like, imagining how I would play if I got to be in that band. Wow. Yeah, if that, that might be no, totally that, I, that, like, people useless will, that People will have to now listen to that stuff and go back to this, and I bet they'll figure it out. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The alternate yeah. title is a, of this track was Jamaladine and On the One. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing! <laughs> okay, shall Easy. we move on? Uh, yeah. Anything Do else? Do we want to Jamaladine Jamal? I always pronounce it Jamaladine, but maybe it's Jamaladine. You're probably right. My apologies know. to Mr. Takuma. <laughs> Jamaladine Takuma, the bass player in Ornette Coleman's primetime band. That yeah. was a nice little shout out to him. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Make up for that sample thing you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're also nice. See, we steal things, but we also homage. Yeah. 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 Take one, give one. This one, uh, this song has a very evocative title uh, Satellite Beach. Uh, Sandro and Lorenz again. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say about Satellite Beach? Uh, this is the fourth track that Lorenz and I made together, and uh, this one is heavily, heavily edited. So you might hear that. It might feel like a kind of a fragmented thing. Uh, there's a lot of uh, animal sounds, samples of animal sounds, kind of tried to embed it within the, the instrumental texture. Right. Again, very improvised, but then hacked to... We took away probably 90% of the track. 
Oh, really? So what's left is oh. just like a skeleton of, of what we put onto the track. It's like a six-minute song. Yeah, it's long. So it's you, long. the the skeleton is six minutes. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess when I yeah. hear hack, I, I assume there was a lengthier... Yeah, no, actually, yeah, the length is, is that's the length of the improvisation. And oh. then, so the hacking occurred in the density of the, oh, of the track. you yeah. removed things. Removed so much. So many yeah. layers. Lorenz okay. actually was kind of, uh, we, Lorenz and I never really disagreed on things, but he was always like, yeah, that's that one that we basically like, destroyed. <laughs> and <laughs> I think, and it was kind of my fault because I kept pushing, pushing for it. But I, I like it. I don't know. I think he likes it now. I think he likes it now. He is uh, uh, credited with playing something called an MS-2000. Yeah, that's, um, I forget who makes it, but it's a digital synth kind of. It's clearly Microsoft. It's oh, a Microsoft yeah. 2000 <laughs> is what it is. No, it's a what? It's a digital uh, synth? A digital synth about yay big, yeah. uh, about the size of this mixer here. Um, I think maybe Korg makes it. Yeah, uh, I okay. think Korg. Yeah. Okay. I'm not so good at remembering the gear no no that's well stuff. i mean just going through this uh, list there's so many different things yeah yeah a lot of different things yeah it's true and satellite uh, beach yeah. satellite beach again just yeah, it's sort of a gut does it uh, exist is that a place uh it might it might somewhere. it might actually yeah, exist might somewhere. i kind of feel like <laughs> if there was a place called satellite beach i would want to go and hang out just to see what it was like. Not know, to return to sci-fi, but I feel like Satellite Beach could exist on the planet of the apes. For sure. For you know sure. what I mean? Totally. Or it, it's totally, yeah. it's its own planet that's just one big oh, beach. Oh, right. Beach. One giant beach. Yeah, oh, that's a, a good point, too. Oh, what a sweet. Props colored like a beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> From, you see it off in space and it's a beach ball. Yeah. It's a lovely uh, lovely it's image, beautiful. actually. Okay, we uh, I believe we're at the end of uh, this Offworld 2 record now. This is a song mm-hmm. we alluded to earlier. Uh, it's Sandro and Eric Cheneau, who yeah. has been name-checked at least once mm-hmm. before. Tell the, me about the Grail. Did you say this is from 2004? 2004, yeah. Right. Wow, yeah. going back a ways. So, yeah, so... <laughs> just uh we did this in his apartment when he lived uh, in toronto in the west end somewhere and uh i think i was at that apartment I, i've been to that apartment the one not the one that he lived at 
Oh, we're getting into really personal yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. fine. Yeah, uh, I th- I've been to one of his apartments. I don't remember which yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Was it in Parkdale? It was, uh, no, it was uh, sort of. It was more, I think it was on Sterling or Sororin. Anyways. In any event, I just yeah. have to interject and say I'm very happy this track is included because I first heard this track about 10 years ago and mm-hmm. thought it was incredible. So I hope uh, the listeners agree with me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, one of those things that you know um you get to be involved in and you don't feel like you can take like you you're excited about it as much as if you didn't make it it was that kind of experience oh, like all, out, almost out of body in a way yeah, yeah like we we did it very it's again just one take uh eric i'm sure suggested a certain way to treat the instrument he was working with gates a lot at the time uh-huh. and I, i'm sure that he suggested we play so basically we improvised a guitar duo together i was playing a nylon string he was playing uh electric with a with a bow like bow to bow, electric, bow to guitar. electric guitar yeah and then we took that recording and put it through a gate and played percussion together over top and so when the whammy per- drum and shaker it yeah, says that's yeah that's right yeah so when the percussion <laughs> opens up the gate and the improvisation comes out come, okay yeah and uh and it was a very special experience uh for i think for both of us but i should just say for myself for me because it was the first time that um eric and i collaborated and I'm also a huge fan of of his playing and his music, and uh, it's always it's always been a pretty special little file on my hard drive. Oh, and, uh, and now it's out. Yeah, not yeah. to reduce it to a file on a hard drive, but it's one of those things that was like, oh, that's it was a pretty special piece, and I'd like to, uh, you know, hopefully people. Like it? Like it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, when you say it's a special uh, piece on your hard drive, is that why it might be called the Grail? In, that could be, yeah. That yeah. could be a way of looking at It's just a thing that it. you really yeah. love that yeah. you wanted to get yeah. out there. Yeah. Don't you find that Toronto, the city that we're all currently uh, living mm-hmm. in, or, or rather uh, existing in, in this moment, I don't live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but don't you find Toronto is a lot different without Eric in it? He's in Paris, as uh, yeah. Craig mentioned earlier. It feels yeah. like a different town i miss him yeah i miss him too yeah 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 he definitely has had a huge impact on a lot of musicians in this city and beyond too. it's always interesting um the uh it's often like once a year that uh, maybe sometimes more closer to every year and a half when eric is able to return to toronto and reconvene with his various um uh collaborators it always seems to be a very exciting time when there's a you know a, a uh, when there's, there's a sort of reconvened drumheller and a reconvened uh, draperies and or reveries, um, mm-hmm. so so he he does come back often enough. But uh, um, yeah, so I, I'm glad at least that that he is able to to return often enough to uh, sort of reactivate um, these collaborative projects that have been pretty special for the last decade at least. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, going through Offworld Two with me. Uh, it, by the sounds of it, Offworld Three will be coming at some point. Next year. Yeah, next, next year. fall. Okay, next fall. Yeah. Next fall. Yeah. Sandro, it seems like it's been a while it since has been, you've yeah. made some music on your own. What's going on there? Uh, it has been a while since I've made it, but it's been a long time since it's been released. That's true. So, I just want to make the distinction. <laughs> so you've been making music. I've been working on a lot of stuff, yeah. Okay. But I'm pretty slow to um, make decisions about when it's done and how to, and how to do it. But I have about 
four records I'm working on. Of I'm your so, own? Yeah. Oh, okay. Music, like song music. Song, lyric, song-based. Yeah, song yeah, oh, yeah. four. Yeah. Okay. About four, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In various stages of completion? In various stages, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to get uh, anything out of you. Well, I'm a professional interrogator, and I can't. No, you're really good. You're I'm really trying good. to figure stuff really out. Good. And I do, I don't want to be, I want to be generous. I want to, I do want to, but I actually <laughs> don't, don't, yeah. don't have, I have details, but I also think they would kind of be boring and maybe, you know, putting the cart before sure. the horse kind of thing. No, but I, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I will say there's a lot of uh, long songs that I've been writing. That seemed to occur on your last record as yeah, well. Even yeah, even longer. Oh, even longer. Okay, all right. So it'll be uh, four so albums worth three songs. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Greg, do you have anything else you want to... Uh, d- nothing that's um, um, totally coalesced in the, in the last little while. Um, I, I hope to reconvene with my Dun Dun band bandmates um, in, in the next um, few months. Uh, we don't have any um, shows lined up, but uh, it's something... Uh, to uh to for for me to to look forward to um uh, we, we might uh, hopefully we'll be playing some shows if not at the end of this year then uh in uh, early 2018 okay i highly recommend checking out the dundun band i will it's make a beautiful a, beautiful I, band i will, I will try to do that yeah. i will try to do that okay so for more information about offworld and this uh this second record cstrecords.com yes do you have any exactly. are you do you have a uh, Internet uh, presence oh, like in, in this group? Offworld.com or something like that? Yeah, yeah that's or? right, like that. Uh, Offworld.org. We, we, <laughs> .ca. It uh, seems like .org would be appropriate yeah, given true. the that's collective true. nature here. I, f- yeah. I feel like it's probably taken, though. Offworld, I didn't realize how that Offworld was a Blade Runner reference, actually, oh. two years later. I've got the new Blade Runner movie coming out. Oh, so. yeah, we should talk to them. We should see <laughs> if we can get them. <laughs> you should talk to them. Just call up Harrison e- just Ford. Just email and- them. Yeah, just send them an email. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have a uh, web presence other? We, we have, no, we don't. Do you have no. a band camp? Uh, yeah. Okay. There's a band camp. And yeah. there's a Facebook page if you want to. There look. is. You oh, can okay. come and like it. That's That counts as a web presence. Yeah, that's you true. You said no. It's true. You, you, it sounds like Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, it's true. And we, Sandro yeah. has his own website, sandroperry.com, and he's about to go on tour in Japan. Yes, in oh, o- October, you're touring yep. in Japan. Yeah, next week. Band? Yeah, uh, Ryan Driver and Mike Smith. Nice. Yeah, trio. Great. Good for you. Thanks. Excellent. Well, is there one song from this uh, off-roll record that we can play for people right now? Is there something that both of you can agree upon that uh, um, might be a nice way to go out? Playroom? You want to play Playroom? Sure. works for me. Yeah. Any particular reason why you chose Playroom? Just because you thought it was mm, playful? Just because Craig and I are here at... at uh, no. <laughs> also, given, a, given that uh, Brandon was the uh, the uh, third fellow on this track, um, I should mention people uh, should check out his new, brand new uh, archival reissue label, Sound Seance. Uh, some great electronic music is uh, experimental electronic music is about to be reissued, courtesy of uh, of his work. So kudos to him. Sound Seance. Yep, Sound oh. Seance. Okay. This is Playroom by Offworld. Uh, Craig, Sandra, thank you so much for being on my program, and best of luck with everything. Thanks thank a lot. you. Thank you, Bish.
That was the 355th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Antica Podcast Network and is available on iTunes, Audioboom, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Overcast, among many other podcast platforms. If you can't find an episode or wish to learn more about me, please visit vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me at vishkana. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please consider visiting patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation and view t-shirts we have for sale and uh, different things I can try to do for you beyond just making the show. Just pledge. Please pledge to the show. Keep the show going. Uh, it would be great if we could keep the show going and uh, your contributions help. So again, patreon.com slash creative control again creative with a k control with a k this episode would not be possible without our sponsors pizza trocadero call them for pickup or delivery in guelph at 519-829-2444 or check them out at trocaderoguelph.ca the bookshelf an independently owned bookstore bar music venue and movie theater located at 41 quebec street in guelph learn more about them at bookshelf.ca planet bean freshly roasted fair trade certified organic coffee PlanetBeanCoffee.com to learn more about them. Granddad's Donuts, located at 574 James Street North in Hamilton, Ontario. Amazing donuts. Visit granddads.ca to learn more about them. To have a whole meal's worth of ingredients delivered right to your Canadian home, visit HelloFresh.ca and use the promo code CREATIVE50 for 50% off your first order. And finally, FreshBooks, a cloud accounting software for small business owners. Try it free for 30 days. Go to freshbooks.com slash creative control. And, and in there, how did you hear about a section? Enter creative control. That's creative with a K and control with a K. Use that promo code for a free 30-day trial for FreshBooks. So that's everyone. Thank you to them. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Sandro and Craig at Constellation Records. And uh, that's another one of these episodes. Thank you. Again, go to those podcast platforms and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Give us uh, some nice thoughts there. And uh, I will talk to you very soon. Very, very soon. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Goodbye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.